Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp16.blogspot.com and also my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. So uh, we had uh, two UFC shows, uh, one on Saturday, one last night, and we got another one coming up on s- this Saturday. Now, uh, there were two matches on each on Saturday's show, two on yesterday's, and all four videos are up on my blog. Okay. So uh, let's uh, uh, talk about the first show. Uh, the first uh, match we're going to talk about is Jocelyn Edwards beat uh, Wen and Yu by unanimous decision. This was at Bantamweight. This was supposed to be Betch Correa's um, retirement fight. But she got appendicitis. She'll be back in the spring. Uh, Jocelyn was brought in on short notice. Uh, she is from Panama, but she uh, lives in El Paso, Texas, trains at Kings MMA, and she also trains at Champions MMA in uh, Mexico. Uh, she's, fought quite, she's fought mostly in Mexico. And uh, I, I saw her post-fight interview, and she does not speak English. She speaks Spanish. Okay, uh, Wen and Yu is from uh, China. Uh, she's gone one and two in the UFC. She just doesn't look good. Like, she's basically a striker with no power. So I thought Jocelyn had a good chance to win this fight, and she did exactly what I thought she would do. Uh, what about you, Schwan? Yeah, it was pretty one night side of fight. You have a bigger, stronger, faster athletic fighter with good striking who has – who seems to have some limitations in grappling against a smaller, slower, less powerful, less strong, less sturdy opponent who is who has suspect grappling. So it's pretty much a fight that you was only going to go one way. Uh, Edwards looked good, but that's what you expect against an opponent who's fairly low in skill and doesn't have any of the physical attributes necessary to compete with a bigger, stronger opponent. Yeah, I think she did pretty good when you consider, one, that it was a USC debut and, and sometimes you get the USC jitters. And two, it was short notice. And so I thought she did pretty good. But, it, I mean, I don't know what the hell she's really like because we have to see her against better competition. We knew she would win this fight because uh, you probably shouldn't be in the UFC. And uh, you had some guy tweet you right after the fight, uh, breaking her down and all that stuff. What the heck was that about? Yeah, he was just trying to convince me that she was a certain level of skill. And it's like I same thing I was telling him, I'm telling you, you just said. She's not facing someone who's capable of testing her in areas to know how good she is. And yeah. Until we see that, we don't know. She's got yeah. potential, potential, but that's all we know. Yeah, uh, we'll see what she's like in her next fight, okay? The second fight, also at Bantamweight, it was um, uh, Vanessa Mello beating Sarah Morass, also by unanimous decision. Uh, Vanessa's from Brazil. She was 0-3 in the UFC. Uh, Sarah uh, has been in the UFC since Tough 18. She's originally from Kelowna, BC. She trains now in Las Vegas uh, with uh, Robert Davis at Extreme Couture, also her boyfriend. Uh, I think uh, my feeling is if she loses this fight, she's got to get released. But then she came out. And she did exactly the opposite of what she should do. She decided to do the keep away strategy or whatever when she should have been a lot more aggressive. And if I think if she takes Vanessa down, she actually beats her. But I don't know what the hell she was doing. And and made no sense to me. 
it was it was disappointing because if you watch Sarah's fight, I mean Vanessa's fight, when somebody pressures her actively, like really pressures her, not pressures her on the feet, her defense falls apart, her offense slows down. When someone gets her in clinches or takes her down, she doesn't really have answers. So the blueprint's been shown. You rough her up, you get in closer, you push the pace, you chip her up on the ground, you win a decision. You can do it over and over, round after round. Sarah's teammate saw that film and decided to go the opposite way. And they decided they're going to have a striking battle. But Sarah's not a very good striker. So she spent three rounds punching air and yelling very loudly and getting hit in the face every once in a while. And that was enough for Melo to win. Because Melo actually landed clean, hard shots. And Sarah was punching the air and, and not doing anything. She wasn't even pressuring. She was just following her around. So it was a bad fight all around for everybody. But inexcusable by her camp and inexcusable by Sarah. And that might be it for her in the UFC. Yeah. And also Davis lied to her. She told her the fight was tied after two rounds. That, that's, that's so common in mixed martial arts. I work with the camps. They prepare them. They lie to them. Oh, you're better. You're better. You're stronger. You're faster. Lying to them. And in the corner, they lie to them trying to keep their confidence up. We don't need confidence. We need facts so we can win. It's also the kind of fight that pisses me off because it's the kind of fight that people will watch it and it turns them off of women's MMA. And yeah. uh, I hated the fight. It was just awful. All right. It let's go to Yeah, let's go to yesterday's show which was uh, uh, a lot more uh, a lot more satisfying in, in uh, a flyweight uh, match. We had um, Viviani Araujo uh, winning over um, Roxanne Modafferi by unanimous decision. Viviani is from Brasilia, Brazil. She trains at uh, Carido MMA. Her coach there is uh, David Evangelista. Um, she was a uh, champ in uh, Japan uh, for Pancrase uh, at, mm. straw, at Strawweight. And... Uh, mm. She's looked pretty good in the UFC. Uh, her one fight that she lost to Jessica I happened because she broke her hand. Okay. I think she's an elite fighter. Uh, I prefer her at strawweight because of her size. But she's fighting Roxanne here. And we all know Roxanne is a veteran fighter, but basically a mid-card fighter. Her striking just isn't good enough, you know, to beat a, a good striker and – Viviani is a really good striker. So I thought Viviani looked great. Yeah, I think the issue, I don't know that Roxanne's a, are you there? Yeah. Hello? Okay. I don't know that Roxanne's a mid-card fighter. I think she's a mid-card talent. As far as her experience and her skill set, it's, it's, it's still one-sided, but it's good enough to be above mid-card. The thing about it is she doesn't have any durability. She's not physically strong. She doesn't hit really hard. She's not really fast. So if you're a competent athlete with good skills, you're going to outpace her. Because Roxanne, towards the end of the fight, she figured, she figured Vivian, Vivian out. She was pressuring her. Vivian was kind of getting tired. She couldn't work as much. She was on the defensive. But the problem, the problem was Roxanne doesn't have any way to even up fights. If you drop her or hurt her early, she doesn't have a way to catch that up. She's the kind of fighter who has to stay right at – either get ahead of you and sit on the lead or be even going into the last round where she can take over. If you drop her or hurt her really badly, she doesn't have enough power or speed to force the fight to a certain area or to rock you on the feet. So those early two early rounds, that, that pretty much sealed the fight for Vivian. All she had to do was play defense and right. land a couple strikes right there. Now, she's actually pretty good on the ground. Oh, she, she, she is. But she prefers striking. And the other thing, you know, Roxanne was bigger than her. 
she's bigger than her, but it's not functional size. She can't do anything with it. You know, she, she's, she's, at such, she's at such a, even though she's bigger than her, did at any point that she looked like she was going to overpower her in the fight? No. The Rock, the Rock that's, that's the gap she's at. I'm impressed by the fact that she's done so much with such a limited skill set, but I've said this to people in all sorts of sports, hockey, baseball, football, basketball, combat sports, I've worked in two of those. You can only develop skill and you can only scheme so much for an opponent. If you're, if you're a person you're working with lacks a certain amount of athletic ability, they can't win against a person with superior athletic ability who's got a good work ethic and good skills. You can only do so much, and then you have to hope they make a mistake. Vivian well, didn't make a mistake. So here's the question. The question is, is this enough to move Viviani into a, t- a title contender picture, and who would they f- have her fight next? It's enough to move her to the outskirts, and if they want it, and if and I know you hate this fighter. I gotta say her name, anyways. Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy does not have any legitimate wins on her win streak. She's beating up lower tier fighters. She wins against Viviani. She has an argument that she's beating a quality opponent and might deserve a title fight. If Viviani beats her, she takes her spot because Viviani is it to me is is the better fighter, has more potential, more upside than Lauren Murphy. And if Lauren Murphy can get past her, now we can start talking title fight legitimately as yeah. far as beating quality opposition. That's about where I'm at on this. I think she's, you know, right there. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's go to Wednesday show. This started at nine o'clock in the morning, and actually, the first fight was a, a women's fight. But let's first talk about the, the the one that was on the main card, and or, or actually, we were just talking about that. So, <laughs> wait a minute. The, the, the I'll be all right. It was uh, Manon Florio. Uh, over um, Victoria Leonardo by a second round TKO. This was also at Flyweight. Uh, Manon is a UFC newcomer. She's 30 years old from Nice, France. Uh, she uh, trains at Boxing Squad. Her coach is a former welterweight fighter, Aldrich Casada. He retired in 2016. Uh, she has fought mostly in Africa and also in Abu Dhabi, of all places. Okay, her last fight was in Abu Dhabi. Uh, I watched a couple of her fights, and she's a pretty good striker. Uh, and um, also, um, she's a good example of why some fighters cut weight. Okay, she has the size of a bantamweight, but she cuts the flyweight because it gives her a big size advantage. Okay. It, it- it's the same scheme Sadar Eubanks tried to get over on. Yeah, but she she couldn't make it work, and Manon can make it work. It might have to do with her coaching. Okay? Mm-hmm. It might have to do with her coaching. Um, Victoria is from Shreveport, Louisiana. She uh, wasn't Invicta. She won her fight in the, um, in the um, uh, Contender Series, but I thought she was giving up too, way too much size. And I don't think she's very good on the feet. Like, she's better on the ground. And so, uh, Manon really pieced her up good and then finished her in mid-round two. Yeah, it was hard to really tell how good Manon was. Obviously, you see a gap in physical skills. But when you're facing an opponent who doesn't have, once again, doesn't really have the power or the strength, the strength to control you and grind you down or the power to hurt you, it allows you to, to strike without hesitancy. And when you have no pressure, no hesitancy, you can look as technical as you want to look. Because you don't, you don't fear anything coming back. Uh, Mano, the thing interesting about Mano I like 
is is her is her is her stance. It kind of looked like a kind of traditional martial arts style. She was really accurate. She controlled the distance and her positioning kind of limited what Leonardo could do. Uh, Leonardo came out fast, which was the only thing she had. She tried to come out fast, overwhelm her, get her to the ground, hurt her on the feet, get her to the ground. It didn't work. But after that was done, she had nothing else. She had nothing else for her. She pretty much was just a punching bag. And she came out that she fought hard, but she lacked the skills. She lacked the size and she lacked the athleticism to make it competitive. I, like I said, I give a lot of the credit to the coach because it's pretty obvious that she has a game plan. She knows what she wants to do. And she goes out, she went out and it did exactly what she wanted to do. And that was a sweet head kick that she finished the fight with. Well, it, and the coach is smart and also the fighter because they understand, they understand they're, they're willing to pay the price to get the physical advantage. Because I guarantee you, even if she gets taken down, most girls at that weight class aren't holding her down. They're going to have a hard time. If she's got even competent takedown defense, it's going to be hard to get her down. This is hard to keep her down. Yeah, but this and is why we have down. to see This is why we have to see her against better competition. Like, I need to see what her takedown defense is like. I need to see if yeah. she has a ground game at all, which I don't think she does. But her striking may be good enough to get her into um, into the higher levels of the, the flyweight uh, division because she has that size advantage. Well, it works both ways because the way she moves, she controls this and she moves very well. She's in and out. She's pivoting off. She's hitting angles. So if yeah. you're not a certain caliber of grappler, it's going to be hard for you to get into the range. But even when you get into the range, when somebody's got 15 or 20 pounds on you in a combat sport, getting to the legs isn't easy. Finishing a takedown with somebody that much heavier than you isn't easy. Keeping that person down, even if they're not very skilled, is not easy. The question is going to be, is her cardio hold up? And does exactly. her poise hold up when she's put? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, let's go on to Saturday's UFC. So there's three women's fights on the show. The first one, which is on the main card, is Jessica I versus Joanne Calderwood at Flyweight. And, uh, uh, you know, they're both veteran fighters. Uh, you know, Joanne had a title shot and she blew it. Okay. And, you know, she should be kicking her boyfriend there for <laughs> letting her do that. She does regret it. Okay. So uh, with Jessica, she had her gallbladder out a few months ago. Okay, so she's returning from that. They're both strikers, okay? I think Joanne has an advantage. Joanne has an advantage. Sorry, what was that? I said, are they really both strikers, though? Well, they are. They think they are. Joanne, I think, has an advantage because she's taller. Okay? Uh, But Jessica's uh, Jessica's pretty tough, so... uh, I think it'll be a competitive fight. I don't know who's going to win. My, my take on this is, is always, cause I used to know Jessica's coach at her old camp when she was at strong style. Yep. It, at 35, Jessica's advantage was she's quicker than girls and she can move around. And that's where you saw the striking because she was so much faster than most girls in fairly better condition. She could just explode in these spots at this weight class. A lot of what she uses is her physicality and her strength to overwhelm people because on the feet, she's not, she's nothing special at this weight class. Chukagan got to her. Valentina got to her, Cynthia Calvillo got to her. At this weight class, it's her, her size and her grappling, which is really the determining factor. I would, fa- I would favor Joanne Calderwood, because even though she's a slow starter, Jessica I's never really been a fa- fast starter, and Jessica is not really a finisher. So if you give JoJo some time to work in and find her rhythm and find her spacing and her timing, she'll overwhelm you. Now, it's possible Jessica I could go and just blow her doors off, but I've never seen Jessica I walk through anybody. Never at any weight class, 
at any fight. She has never just handled anybody. No, there's only and one, no, no, one fighter. Zoila Frausto. Oh, yeah. I don't know when that was. Long but, time um, ago. Like I said, yeah. she was having health problems because of this gallbladder thing. So she might be a different, a little bit different fighter now. So we'll have to wait and see. She might be. I think she might be different, and I, I get how the health matters, but there's certain things that she's done wrong historically in her career, and health doesn't explain away those. Yeah. Okay, fight number two, we've got uh, Amanda Rebus. Okay, and she's going to be facing um, uh, Marina Rodriguez. Now, this fight was – her opponent here was supposed to be Michelle Watterson. Okay. Uh, they're saving Carla Esparza for a possible title fight if they can't work out a deal with Rose. So it was supposed to be Michelle Waterson, but Michelle pulled out, and Marina Rodriguez is the replacement. And let's face I it, no Marina. No, I don't think that Marina and Michelle are much different, except that Michelle's a much bigger name. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So we've got Marina Rodriguez. She's uh, another, they're both Brazilian. Marina uh, was in the Brazilian Contender Series, and I think she's like two and one in the UFC or something like that. Oh, oh no! You know what it is? She has two draws. Okay, she's like uh, two one and two or something like that. Well, that tells you all you need to know. She does. She's she's primarily a striker, but she doesn't throw hard enough to do any damage. Okay, so that's why she always ends up in close fights. Uh, Amanda is. Clearly, a um, superior fighter. Okay, uh, like I said, I would have preferred Michelle because Michelle's got a bigger name. But she would. Well, Michelle, Michelle also knows how to win fights mentally. She knows how to. Well, win that's fights. true. But Amanda is tremendous. Has shown tremendous striking. Um, she's great on the ground as well. Uh, she's primarily, like for her whole life, been trained by her father. But for this camp. She went to American Top Team. Okay. Oh God. So she she was trained. Same guy who trains Amanda Nunez, Conan Silvera. The reason he trains yeah. them is because, of course, he speaks Brazilian. He speaks uh, Portuguese, even though her English is really good. Okay. So obviously, I'm expecting Amanda to win this fight and eventually get a title shot because I don't think there's anybody there who could beat her except maybe Jessica. I don't think there's anybody who can beat her except maybe, uh, you know, Zhang Veli. All right. So. Well, the thing, the thing that the thing, the reason I've never thought that Michelle Watterson fight was going to have Michelle's too big a name. is too much of a risk. But the thing that I thought was best about Michelle, and I guess Marina fits in this too, is both people are smart enough and savvy enough to work out of bad spots. It's not, you just don't, steamroll them for the most part marina even though two draws aren't impressive it shows you that she knows how to to at least fight in a manner that doesn't expose her to being finished or expose her to clean losses on the good side so in theory amanda's going to have to work a little bit harder and be a little bit more methodical in what she's doing because marina's got a good enough skill set and enough experience to navigate physical disadvantages and technical disadvantages on the bad side for marina is the fact that she, she hasn't shown any ability to win over anybody who, who's got a good skill set and somebody who's got a good level of athleticism. Against that type, she, she, can't, she, can't, she can't get over the hump. And Rebus is a person who can, and Rebus is a finisher. So there's a good chance the fight's competitive early. Like, I'm talking about really early, and then Rebus just turns it on. 
I don't know how not having your dad's going to factor into that. No, 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 no. no. But I can, 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 can I, can I, can I, can I correct that? Her dad is there. Her, okay. her dad is in her corner. Okay. He manages her. So he's in her corner. It's just that for this camp, they went to American Top Team. It's just, it's just a concern for me because sometimes American Top Team has some really confusing game plans. Well, I, I expect this fight to be difficult. Like I, I expect this fight to be strategically dif- difficult because Marina is a fairly well-balanced, tough, gritty fighter, and those fighters are harder to get out of there than, than maybe more gifted fighters or more, more skilled fighters who kind of accept certain positions and will concede. Marina shouldn't. Amanda's going to have to actually beat her. I was going to say, this is why Conan Silvera usually works with Brazilians because he's a Brazilian too. And you're talking about the communication. And so he knows he, 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 he it's easier for him to communicate with them. Yeah. Okay. So, but I, I don't see any way that, that Marina wins this fight. There's no way. Okay. I don't see how she wins it, but but how Amanda re- wins it is going to tell us a That's lot. Because right. most of the people she's faced have had such holes, she could look spectacular. Marina's balanced. You're going to have to work to get these submissions, these takedowns, and land these strikes. Not it's just not it's just not good enough to be better than her. You're yeah. going to have to really set it up. I think she's aware of that. She's a pretty smart girl by the, by the looks of her. So, well, being aware of something is different than the reality. That's it. true. That's all I'm okay, the third fight is at bantamweight. It is. Uh, Sarah McMahon versus Juliana Pena. So uh, Sarah, uh, we all know who she is. She's a former Olympic wrestling champion. Not so great as an MMA fighter. Now, a couple of years ago, she moved to Team Alpha Male in Sacramento, California. You know that, right? right? And yeah, they hate me. Those guys hate me. And then she got a knee injury, and she um, recovered from the knee injury. And so she's kind of on the comeback trail now. Um, I'm just not crazy about her as an MMA fighter. Never have been. And also she's 40 so old. <laughs> okay. So, you know, father time always wins. That's what I always say. Uh, Juliana, of course, uh, uh, was in uh, Tough 18. She actually won Tough 18, if I remember correctly. And um, she's, uh, uh, you know, she's a, a good, she's a good fighter, but, you know, when she makes mistakes, boy, it costs her. <laughs> Tell you what. And so she had a couple of, a break of about a year and a half because she got married. She moved to Chicago. She had a baby. And now she comes back. And her second fight out, she lost by submission to somebody who hasn't got a clue about submissions. And that was Jermaine Durand Abbey. And the same thing happened when she fought. Valentina Shevchenko. You mean you mean submission expert Duran Durandamy? Fix it, sir. No, no, submission no. expert. No, 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 no. So, you know, the question is, can these two get back in the title picture? The simple answer is yes. They're in bantamweight. The division's super thin. There's going to be multiple opportunities for them to get to the spots they want to get to, if they. Even if, even if they say the exact same fighter, they will have multiple opportunities to get to work their way to the top of the division. The question is, how does this fight go between them? McMahon, um, she was she was supposed to be the 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 next big thing. Um, her issue is just she's never seemed fully dedicated to the sport. She's always thought her wrestling was enough, and it's just never been. 
At one point it was against a lower class of fighter, but against better fighters who face wrestlers regularly, she ends up just tiring herself out and either getting choked out or getting defended and getting worked over on the feet. It's been a common trend in her fights. She hasn't really developed confidence in her all-round striking, not defensively, not offensively. She's pretty basic. Gets by on athleticism and her wrestling. Juliana Pena is a girl who gets by on her size and her conditioning. She's never really, as much as she talks about being in wars and being this finisher and being this lead fighter, she's never really walked through anybody. Every fight she's been in has been fairly competitive and fairly back and forth. She's never really dominated anybody except on the show. After that, she's been a nip-tuck fight. So this fight comes at the perfect time because Sarah McMahon, even though she's a better athlete in general, she's probably lost a step on her athleticism. So she's no longer, I don't think she's as dominant as a wrestler or a physical force. And Juliana Pena, takedown defense isn't great, but she's a person who likes to fight at pace, but she has a lot of flaws in her game. She makes a lot of mistakes and gets by on them because she's aggressive and she's in shape. So it's going to be the two, their two biggest weaknesses. One, Pena's facing somebody who's bigger, stronger, and a better grappler. And on McMahon's side, she's facing somebody who's well-conditioned and is going to be constantly on the attack, whether from an inferior position or a superior position. Um, I'd probably say Pena's going to win. McMahon's not a great finisher, and she makes a lot, a lot of mistakes. No kidding. And I don't know when the last time she fought at. Plus, she's 40 years old. Yeah. Okay. I got to so, say this. I, I will say this, okay? There was so much hype about her, about Sarah McMahon, back when she was first starting out in MMA. And um, the, the thing is, I never really bought into her. Okay, so I've never cared for her. Even back in the days before Strike Force and all of that, I just never cared for her. I didn't. I, I I I can't really put my finger on exactly what it is, but she's lacking something. I I you know she she should be good, but she's not. And she used to have I when think, she was I training think. back in North Carolina. She used to have this this boyfriend who would go on social media and troll everybody. And I blocked them. I said, I don't need this guy. You know, because, listen, I have the right to my opinion. My opinion, I don't think she's very good. Yeah, I think, I think she never really felt that like she had to get better because she felt her wrestling and her athleticism was just going to keep her safe. She didn't really have functional tools for when, she had, when an opponent fought back. It's like, wait a minute, I can't get a takedown? That's not good. Oh, this person's hitting me back. I can't hold this person against the cage. Yeah. She never seemed all in on it. It just seemed like something she, she'd be successful at with her base level skill. And when it required her to do more, she just didn't seem to have the passion or the attention to detail to do it. And so now I'm guessing maybe she's rededicated. But at this age, there's no way she can possibly be the physical force she was five, three, four, five years ago. And the fact that she hasn't fought often makes me think she can't possibly be that sharp. I mean, there's just a lot, there's a lot of ground for her to make up. And even though Pena's not great, Pena's at least been somewhat active. Pena's been around the sport. And in these kind of matchups against this kind of fighter, Pena usually finds a way to win. Sarah finds a way to lose fights. Pena, unless she's completely outclassed, usually finds ways to win. If I just go by the history of each fight. Yeah, I, I would look at Juliana to win too, but I, I expect it to be a reasonably competitive fight. I don't know why it wouldn't be. Oh, definitely. Neither one of them has good defense, and one of them is going to tire, and one of them is going to make a lot of mistakes. So that's the recipe for an exciting fight. Okay, that's about it. Uh, you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I, I think that I think that covers all covers all the bases. Uh, I have one question yeah. for you. After let let whoever obviously just guys nowhere near a title fight, nowhere near. So if JoJo wins this fight, do you think they put her in line after Jessica Andrade, or do you figure? They try to get her another fight 
before she faces um, whoever's the champion after that? It depends on how she wins. Okay, if she wins in the dominant fashion, you know, and she either gets a finish or, or you know, she gets a 10-8 round or something like that, sure. My sense is that that's not going to happen. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. I kept thinking that Jessica wants an extra fight, and she might, if she, I don't think the UFC gives it to her, but if they did, she'd want somebody like uh, Calderwood. I don't think she'd want to fight Murphy. That just doesn't make any sense but somebody else to get her a little bit more acclimated to the weight class. Cause I've heard that she wants to have one or two more fights just to kind of keep herself a little sharper. I don't know. We'll see what goes with it, but I think it's going to be an even fight because neither of them are really finishers. So that's the whole thing. So, you know, for all yeah. I know, they're going to dance around for 15 minutes and I'll get pissed off. So anything's <laughs> possible. Anyway, that's about it. Uh, Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Those four videos are up on my blog. And the three from Saturday will be up on my blog on Sunday. If you have any uh, comments or questions for my blog or my either my podcast, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.